On today's Locked on Bucks, we have a big trade, relatively big trade in the Eastern Conference. We dive into it. We take your reactions to the trade that sends Pascal Siakam to the Indiana Pacers, what it means for the Bucks and the rest of the Eastern Conference. Your thoughts on our first of what figures to be a very busy first of a few trades coming up leading into the deadline. Let's talk about it coming up next on Locked on Bucks. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Bucks. I'm Justin Garcia. You can uh, hear me on the Bucks Radio Network as well as our flagship station, 620 WTMJ, in addition to the pod every single day. And I thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen. Every day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Also viewable on YouTube as some of you are viewing alongside us right now. Your team every day. And uh, today's episode of Locked On Bucks is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash On to get started. I mentioned the uh, headlines at the top, and that is Pascal Siakam. Um, the rumors were starting to heat up in recent days here about a potential trade for that Raptors forward, and it becomes official earlier today, just moments ago, traded from the Indiana, or to the Indiana Pacers from the Toronto Raptors. And let's, let's quickly get into all the particulars of the trade. It ends up being a three-team trade. The Pacers get Pascal Siakam. They send out Jordan Wara and Bruce Brown, who they had signed in the offseason to a two-year deal, though it was essentially a one-year deal with the guarantees in that second year. We can get to that in just a moment. The Raptors get those two players. They get draft picks, and they also get Kira Lewis. As I mentioned, this becomes a three-team deal. The Pelicans send Kira Lewis to the Raptors and a second round pick, excuse me, to the Pacers. So the draft picks that the Raptors are going to get here, three of them, three first round picks, two of them are uh, this season, this draft in 2024, the Pacers first round pick. And then the lesser of the first rounders between the, the Utah jazz, the Houston Rockets, the Oklahoma city thunder. And that final third round pick is in 2000. 26. So the Pacers, number one, still have a decent amount of assets. And I think that's what raises the eyebrow and makes this very intriguing for Indiana moving forward. Uh, the Raptors finally decided it is probably time to hit the reset button and just start a hard rebuild. Maybe a year too late when you look at uh, Fred Van Vliet's departure in free agency in the offseason and the, the whole fiasco around um, the trade that they pulled off last year around the trade deadline as well, bringing in Jakob Pertl from the San Antonio Spurs. But nonetheless, the Raptors are going to start to drop in the standings in the Eastern Conference. And this comes at a good time for the Bucks because Bruce Brown is a big loss. And I think a lot of Indiana Pacers fans recognize that. And new look on paper, this makes sense. And we should try to pursue Another star like this, whether it's Pascal Siakam or somebody else, Bruce Brown does a lot of things that uh, help you out quite a bit. So that is going to be a loss. 
Pascal Siakam is the type of player that can offset uh, some of that. He is a very good two-way player and has certainly decent size. I've already seen and heard some of the chatter of, man, this is another guy you can throw on Giannis, and they already have Aaron Neesmith and some other guys that defended him well. Sure, let's let's not overinflate it, though. Um, but I mentioned it's good news for the Bucs because you're done with the Pacers. The bad news is you went 1-4 against the Pacers this season. The good news is you don't have to play them again until potentially the playoffs because this, you would figure, is going to make the Pacers a better team. Uh, Bruce Brown, certainly much more skilled defensively than on the offensive end. Pascal Siakam is a two-way player may not do all of the same things that Bruce Brown did defensively, but it's not to say that Pascal Siakam is a bad defensive player. He is not, and he is a very good offensive player. So in the short term, this should make the Pacers a much, much more formidable team. And now the question is, well, what does this mean for the rest of the season? I do want to get into that, as right now the Pacers are sitting at sixth in the Eastern Conference. They're five games back of the Bucks in the loss column for the Central Division, I mean, ultimately for the second seed in the East, but most importantly for the Central Division. Five games back in the loss column. It's a decent amount to make up, but it's certainly not insurmountable when you still have half of the season left. So it's nice that you don't have to worry about defending this Indiana Pacers team. And also, I think one of the questions, certainly defense was going to be one of them surrounding the Pacers as we progress towards and into the postseason defense you're going to have those questions if we point it out for the bucks they exist for the indiana pacers as well uh, but also look where is that consistent scoring going to come from a secondary score and most importantly somebody that's been in the playoffs before and been through some of those battles that's what pascal siakam can bring you is he a number one option offensively no i don't think so um, and I think most Raptors fans would tell you the same as well, but he is a good player and he will give you some of that offense that the Pacers were going to need. It's the top rated offense in the league and the top rated offense in the history of the league, but it's still, it's different in the playoffs. And it's one of the reasons why we said the Bucks move for Damian Lillard to, to kind of recognize we need to be able to score and score in the half court in the playoffs was an important one. And despite some of the up and down play we have seen defensively, I do think it was the right move for the Bucks to make. And I think that's part of what you're seeing here with this trade to bring in a uh, Pascal Siakam as well. So for the Pacers um, or actually for the Raptors, let's get into that really quickly here. They're 15 and 25. Again, they're on the outside looking in. They're not going to be in the play in tournaments as they've already moved. Now, OG and and Pascal Siakam in a matter of uh, weeks, not a whole lot left to move on that team, but it's a clear signal. They are rebuilding. Um, I don't know that they're going to drop any further in the standings. I mentioned they'll drop. That's just their wins. But the Hornets, Wizards, and Pistons are the teams behind them in the East right now. There's, there's very little chance that the Raptors are going to drop to those levels, though it's, it's seven games separating them and the Charlotte Hornets right now. So I don't think they're in any danger of getting down there or danger is probably the wrong word because you're making this as a move to tank and to increase your draft lottery chances. But I think the die has been cast there and the Raptors are probably going to finish where they are now um, somewhere around the fourth worst record in the uh, Eastern conference. The, the Pelicans were that third team. And that was basically just getting off of that contract of Kira Lewis 
And then the Pacers. So right now the Pacers are sixth in the Eastern Conference. I mentioned five games separating the Pacers and the Bucks in the uh, in the loss column, and um, they are right in the thick of it with a handful of teams that are bunched up between fourth and eighth in the East. Those teams, five of them, are separated by just two games right now. Those five teams are the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Miami Heat, the Indiana Pacers the New York Knicks, and uh, the Orlando Magic. Um, the Knicks, we saw them make their move with the addition of OG Ananobi. They're likely done here. The Miami Heat are always that team you're concerned of as the sleeping giant. Cleveland is, has been playing well of late, and the Bucs, we will see them tonight. They're on a five-game win streak. They've been doing this on the, on the shoulders of Donovan Mitchell, but they're still playing without Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. So for Cleveland to do this while being shorthanded, is certainly impressive. And then you have the Pacers, who, again, offense is not an issue. Um, as we mentioned, Pascal Siakam, he's not going to hurt your defense. He's going to help what is already a very, very good offense here. So the Pacers all of a sudden become very intriguing and a team to keep an eye on moving forward in this uh, second half of the season. Five games separating them and the Bucks, But with this move, Indiana is clearly signaling, we think we can finish in the top four and have home court advantage in the uh, first round of the playoffs. A lot of uh, comments already starting to trickle in. I think we have a few Raptors fans in the chat um, with some commentary on Pascal Siakam and this move and some takes from Bucks fans as well as we've seen the Pacers make a move. What will the Bucks counter with? I will get into that coming up after the break, but also I think there's another view that we have to have here, and that's we're talking about the Bucks and the Celtics at the top of the Eastern Conference there's one team that's been lingering and looked pretty good last night. This move to me had a major or has a major impact on that team as well. I'll tell you who I'm talking about and get into that conversation coming up after this on the show. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it is easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay's guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. And as a reminder, as you're viewing this show uh, live, we encourage you to check out some of the off other offerings Locked On has as well, including the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, Locked On Sports Today, here for you 24-7 covering the top stories of the day with the local experts you have come to expect from Locked On, plus all of our national shows that cover each and every league. And I'm sure you will get quite a bit of Pascal Siakam content from our Locked On Pacers and Raptors teams uh, on that channel today as well. Just go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 
24-7 streaming channel. Okay, so we're seeing a lot of the same here uh, in the comments. In Matisse Tybal is a target for the Bucks, or who you uh, think the Bucks should pursue. Need some perimeter help before the postseason. I think we're all certainly in agreement there. Um, I like Pascal. Giannis will still be too much for Indiana is, is what I think has been the consensus in a lot of the chats here. And it goes back to what we said earlier that, look, he's a, he's a good defender. He is a good two-way player. And this is a good move for the Indiana Pacers. You flipped Bruce Brown, who, again, I think we all kind of raised an eyebrow when you saw the contract he signed in the offseason. I believe it was two years, $48 million. And then you saw what that deal actually was in that it was basically a one-year deal. And the, the guarantee was very low for year number two. And it was a team option. You took that and you turned it into Pascal Siakam. So you took a flyer on Bruce Brown and, and maybe you overpaid him in that year one, but it was just one year. And you turned it into a player who is still younger than 30 years old, um, has been an all-star in this league and is that type or caliber of player you were able to find a rotational piece and a foundational piece just based off that move uh, for the Indiana Pacers. So certainly very, very good work there in the offseason by their front office. But I mentioned the impact on the Bucs, and the impact is, you know, it's minimal in the regular season because you're done with the Pacers, and this is going to make the Pacers better. I don't think it puts the Pacers into that level where the Bucs currently reside, where you look at the Bucs, the Boston Celtics, and maybe you have the Philadelphia 76ers in that tier as well. Though I will say this, uh, Joel Embiid looked fantastic last night and looked like he was playing with a purpose and something to prove in that matchup against the uh, Denver Nuggets with another 40-point game, though his, his streak of 30-10 came to an end. But 40 points, 10 assists too. So, you know, as we've mentioned, we all love Giannis, and you can make the strong case. Giannis, the best two-way player in the league. Joel Embiid has been incredible so far this season. And I have long maintained that that Philadelphia team, I still find them to be very scary because of the way that Joel Embiid has been playing so far uh, this season. And you can get into the, well, you got to do it in the playoffs. And I don't trust that team because of all their failures. And that's fair commentary. But if, if we're going to be fair on both sides, we do have to concede. That's the same conversation that we were hearing about the Bucs up until 2021. You got to do it in the playoffs. And they fell short year after year. We had that same chatter over Giannis too. So you do have to point that out that, look, if you continue to get better and make those strides sooner or later, that comes to an end. I bring all this up because I'm still very leery of the 76ers, given the way Joel Embiid is playing, given the play of Tyrese Maxey so far this season, some of the, the role players that they brought in as well in that uh, trade that sent James Harden to the Clippers, you look at the way that Nick Batum has played. He's fit in very, very nicely. And they still have quite a bit of assets left to go and do something. This trade to me was important for the Bucs because Pascal Siakam does not end up in Philadelphia. Again, even with Siakam, the Pacers are going to be a terrifying team to play because of that offense. They're going to be a tough out. I don't know if they would, at this point, even if they were a four seed, I don't know if they would be the betting favorite to win that series. It's going to be an entertaining series, whoever it is that they do uh, end up playing. But I think there's going to be a little bit of hesitation. And just for reference, right now, the first round matchup would be the 76ers and the Indiana Pacers. But to me, 
Um, I had said, and I think we mentioned this on a show previously, Camille and I did, that I'm very, very leery of the 76ers. And you're kind of keeping an eye on not necessarily what the Bucs do moving up to the trade deadline, but what Philadelphia does. That you, you got that nervous eye that you're looking out for because they have those assets that they gained in that James Harden trade. Everybody's going to point to the cap space that they have this summer. I think that can be overinflated because nobody really leaves in free agency anymore. And I think if you're Philadelphia, you, you walk this fine line where part of you does not want to give up that cap space and bring in contracts that would compromise that. But you also have to be leery of, look, who's the last big star that bolted in free agency? I know what's happened. And I know you would point to guys uh, like a Kevin Durant that did it, like LeBron James. That is very much the outlier in the last decade or plus. So that's the the fine line that Daryl Morey is having to walk is do we preserve all that cap space or do I just say, you know what, let's bring in contracts now. And even if it's role players, players that fit Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey, long story short, OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam were two guys that would make a whole lot of sense for the Philadelphia 76ers that you would think, in theory, they have the assets to go get those players and they did not. So to me, that is the best part of this trade for the Bucs and arguably for the Boston Celtics as well. Even the Miami Heat, teams in the Eastern Conference that the Sixers did not get OG Ananobi weeks ago. They did not get Pascal Siakam. I don't know how invested they were, but that's the lens, the other lens that I think as a Bucs fan, you really need to view some of these other trades is, okay, let's see guys start to go elsewhere so they don't end up in Philadelphia because of the level that Joel Embiid is playing at, uh, because of the level that Tyrese Maxey has ascended to. And Nick Nurse is a very good coach as well. We've already seen him win a championship with Pascal Siakam and uh, others in Toronto for the Raptors. And, and look, uh, as Pacers fans will point out too, Bucks have lost four or five of the Pacers. We mentioned that. I think you breathe a big sigh of relief that you are done in the regular season with this Indiana Pacers team um who's again gotten better i i think i don't think that's up for dispute that you flip out bruce brown no matter how good bruce brown is and i think bucks fans that's another guy i've already seen chatter of well he's with the raptors could the bucks somehow swing a deal for bruce brown uh, he is a very helpful player but pascal siakam still an upgrade for this uh, indiana pacers team um, speaking of moves that the Bucks could make, we haven't seen any yet. Uh, we, we pointed out some of the chatter, the usual names that have popped up so far on this show today. We'll get to some of the other comments that uh, have come in from you guys in your suggestions and uh, potential targets for the Bucks. There was also a very interesting piece that came out from uh, Jake Fisher in his reporting earlier today that I think will be very polarizing with a lot of Bucks fans. We'll get into that conversation coming up after the break. Well, the NFL season is wrapping up, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. It's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. All you have to do is get the FanDuel app and go from there. It is easy to use. They offer same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. That is the best way to find all the popular parlays that are out there. All of that and many, many more options as well. 
Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, I mentioned some of that chatter that um, that still persists regarding the Bucks in one name specifically. Um, while we we will get to that, but I do want to get to some of the the names that you guys have um, brought up so far because some of them are, are very very uh, interesting here. Matisse Tybel, we went over his name has popped up quite a few times in this chat so far. Quentin Grimes is a player whose name has been mentioned and certainly would have a need at Philly need for the Bucs, but uh, Matisse Teibel, certainly nobody's denying the offense, right? And, and he can defend those areas that you would need the most help with in, in on the perimeter, point guards, two guards, small forwards. To a lesser extent, he can defend up just a little bit. He has gotten better in uh, some of his shooting numbers, but it, it's, it's not quite to the level that we've seen from Andre Jackson Jr., and that's not to be unexpected given he's a rookie, but it's, it's still kind of similar that it is the trade-off and that you know what you're getting defensively. The trade-off is there's not as much fear on rotations. Even if he is shooting better, even if he's in the corner, Matisse Teibel is the guy on the floor that you are going to leave alone, especially if he is out there with Giannis, with Damian Lillard, with Chris Middleton or Jay Crowder, whoever it is. That's the guy on those swing-swing plays. You're just going to play off of him and say, we'll reroute, we'll reload elsewhere, and, and he can take that shot. Javon Carter is uh, another name that has come up uh, quite a bit. And that to me is a fascinating one because, you know, we said this at the time that Javon left in the off season on paper. It, it really seemed like that's the guy you really, really of all the players that we had seen leave in the off season, Javon's the guy that you really, really hated to see go because it seemed like his style of play was just such a perfect fit for the way that uh, Adrian Griffin envisions this defense playing and how we've seen this defense pressure on the perimeter. Javon Carter is a perfect fit there. The Chicago Bulls, they're getting very good usage out of him. And right now the Bulls are a team that I think all of us thought not just Javon Carter, not just Zach Levine, uh, Alex Caruso, a number of other players, they would start to, to be sold off right around this time. Even guys like DeMar DeRozan, and Vooch, but the Bulls are hovering around 500 now. They've been resurgent since Zach Levine went out, has returned since, but right around that time, they've been a much better team. Their defense has been leading the way there, and they're 19 and 23. And in that play in tournament picture, and as we just mentioned, the Pistons aren't getting there, the Wizards aren't getting there, the Hornets aren't getting there. I think this move signals the Raptors aren't getting there. That just leaves the 10 teams that are currently in the playoffs or the play-in tournament and the Atlanta Hawks as the only teams. So it's it's probably coming down to the Bulls, the Nets, and the Hawks, those three teams fighting for two spots, those final two spots in the play-in tournament. And the Hawks are another team that we have heard have kind of recognized what we're doing isn't working, and we should start to sell off some parts as well. We've heard that name that should not be named on this podcast of uh, Bogdanovich being linked to other teams, even DeJounte Murray. So if they start to move some pieces as well, uh, they're a team that could sink down into those bottom 10 or bottom five, excuse me, permanently. And that may leave the Bulls locked in to the play-in tournament. And who knows what they decide to do uh, from there, if that is the case. So uh, some of those names certainly intriguing and would fit. But 
I'm not convinced that the Bulls are going to start selling off some of those assets um, just yet. While I do like the the mention and suggestion of Javon Carter, and certainly we have that familiarity, I'm not sure if that's really on the table, not just for the Bucs, for any team. A lot of feedback on Quentin Grimes would really love it if we could get Quentin Grimes. And I think a lot of people feel that same way as well, where, uh, you know, Quentin Grimes, that's exactly what you need. Emmanuel Quickly was another type of player that a lot of Bucks fans were pointing to before that trade that sent him uh, to Toronto as well. So I, I think that's where you do need to level set the expectations of the type of player you are going to be looking for in this uh, in this potential deals that we could see um, for the Bucks moving into the trade deadline. I mentioned some other chatter that has been out there, and that comes to us from Jake Fisher, who has, um, in his latest reporting, and I'm sure this is going to be very, very polarizing, especially as we look at uh, some of the comments here stating we need a second center. Uh, we don't need more. We don't need more threes or scoring. We have that. We need a second center. That brings me to this report that uh, I just mentioned. So Jake Fisher, in his most recent update, says the Clippers are still basically eyeing a trade for P.J. Tucker. A lot of people uh, thought about, well, what if he just gets bought out? Remember, he still has a year left on his deal after this year, so that's what didn't make him a likely buyout candidate for the Clippers. However, Jake Fisher says, quote, the Clippers and P.J. Tucker, it remains strong in terms of trade candidate. The Wizards have been mentioned as a possible landing spot. In other words, and we saw uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder do this year after year after year, we have the cap space. We'll take on this contract. You're giving us something else. Now, the Clippers don't have a whole lot, so this is likely second-round picks that we're talking about here, but you're taking back one of our contracts. You're giving us an asset, and we'll take this contract. In turn, as Jake Fisher says, if that were to happen with the Wizards as the landing spot for P.J. Tucker, they would offer the opportunity of a buyout. And as Jake Fisher says... The Suns and the Bucks are two teams considered possible homes for P.J. Tucker if he would be bought out and become a free agent. I don't want to bog this down too much with the P.J. Tucker discussion. We've had it a number of times on this show. Um, would I take P.J. Tucker on the buyout? Absolutely. Because, again, it's all about how can you different ways, and that would allow you to play P.J. Tucker at the five and play smaller, play him alongside Giannis. He's not quite the same player he was the year that you won a title, but he still gives you some of that. In addition to Jay Crowder as well, you understand, just as we talked about with Matisse Tybel, the downsides that are going to come offensively. But, you know, we saw that last. Granted, it was largely due to the defense the Bucs played, but we saw that survive when you had basically the same group offensively, but Drew Holiday in place of a, uh, who is now Damian Lillard, we saw it get by with that. So the thought is our, our offense should be even better. We can withstand some of that. And plus, I would assume the minutes would be extremely limited. This it wouldn't be a P.J. Tucker stepping in and playing 30 minutes or so uh, per game. He has not been playing for the last couple of weeks, basically, with the Los Angeles uh, Clippers. So it, it may even be the case of what we saw with Jay Crowder a season ago. And who knows what we could see with Jay Crowder right now, too, in that it, it's going to take some time to get him back. Speaking of... Bucks, as I mentioned, in Cleveland tonight to play the Cavaliers. At uh, last check, their injury report was clean. No names out there in terms of all the regulars. So we will see Jay Crowder. He made that announcement that he is back, and we will see him on the floor tonight. So we'll see uh, what he looks like returning from injury 
and how many minutes we can expect to see from uh, Jay Crowder moving forward. Um, we could just trade for PJ Washington, literally a younger version of PJ Tucker is one of the suggestions that uh, comes in on the chat as well. And look, PJ Washington is another player that would be a very, very good addition. And I would certainly um, not argue with having him on the team either, but it all comes down to, again, the asset game in that recognizing um, the limited assets that the Bucks have to uh, to give up in any deal moving forward here that they should make, not just in terms of their draft picks, but you got to find the salaries that match as well. And uh, that's the issue that the Bucks are going to run into with a lot of these deals with, with matching the salary of P.J. Washington and um, finding the assets that the Charlotte Hornets would want as well. That's why level setting the P.J. Tucker thing, even if we had kind of talked through it in the past and said, I don't know. That, that certainly wouldn't be my first choice. If it's on the buyout, then it's a totally different conversation because you're not giving up those assets, and that's kind of the spot that the Bucks are in um, as we sit. But long story short, uh, Pascal Siakam is in Indiana now as a member of the Pacers, so it's going to be very fun to monitor the, uh, the final half of this regular season, what that impact means for the Indiana Pacers. Is this a team that can now um, – push the bucks even more as i mentioned they're five games back in terms of record in the um in the in the i almost said nfc central in the central division five games back 40 games 42 games for the bucks that's still a lot of time to make up that ground so it, it also it keeps the pressure on the bucks not only to we got to figure out how do we beat the boston's and the phillies of the world but how do we make sure indiana doesn't pass us either now as they've gotten better um, with this trade and PJ Washington just to round out that point 29 years old he is making just under 17 million dollars this season so it's a multiplayer deal that you would be sending out and again you, you just have to ask yourself this the contracts the Bucks do have that would total up to that what's the value of it to the Charlotte Hornets are they young players that they view as part of their future or are they older veterans that still have years left on that contract, which the Hornets are, are basically in rebuild right now. And those aren't the deals that carry a lot of value to teams of that. They'll take those deals. As we just mentioned, the, the rumors of the PJ Tucker move, they'll take those contracts if they're getting something else back in terms of first round picks or just draft picks in general. And as we've gone over a number of times, that is something the bucks just don't um, have right now and uh no pj washington is not 26 and making 12 million dollars he is uh, i'm looking at it right now it is 17 million dollars um on the most recent cap sheet that the uh, charlotte hornets have put out there um uh, he is 26 i beg your pardon but it is 17 million dollars that he is making um not 12 million dollars so that's that's the spot that the uh, that the bucks are currently in um we're going to do a lot more of these as we move closer to the trade deadline and um, and especially as we see the Bucks continue to make some moves here um, that Camille and I have already discussed trade deadline day. We're probably going to knock out a handful of these live shows as trades start to come in. But as we continue to see more deals like this, and especially as their moves that are made around the Bucks and could have a very big impact on the Bucks, we are going to continue to uh, do some of these live shows immediately, getting that reaction and allowing you guys to a chime in as well. So uh, if you have not subscribed, please give a subscription to uh, Locked On Bucks on YouTube and you'll be a part of these 
as they happen because it's that time of year now where trades can happen basically any day. We're also past the January 15th date where a lot of contracts, including some of the bugs, uh, become tradable now. So now is the season for this to happen. And very, very good interaction on the show today with all you guys. And, and last one should have been the Sixers as somebody chimes in. No, it should not. And that's exactly why if you're a Bucks fan, you're happy. Even if it makes the Indiana Pacers better, you are happy. This is Indiana and not the Philadelphia 76ers that Pascal uh, Siakam is moving on to. We still have one more show for you guys today as Camille and Frank are going to handle the postgame show against the Cleveland Cavaliers. We'll see if the Bucs can bring an end to that five-game win streak of the Cavs. And again, we will finally see the return of Jay Crowder. So you'll get those reactions coming up on the show later tonight and uh, tomorrow morning. And then Camille and I will be back the day after for um, another show previewing a trip to Detroit to, to take on the Pistons and get some of Camille's thoughts on this trade as well that sent Pascal Siakam to the Indiana Pacers. Thanks to everybody for hanging out on the show today. And as I mentioned, more Locked On Bucks tonight, the recap of the Bucks and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And be on the lookout anytime something else happens, whether it's a trade, a buyout, you name it. If it has an impact on the Bucks, we are going to do these live shows. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Talk to you guys once again tomorrow with more Locked On Bucks.